another installment of the Sports Web Podcast. Yeah. Right here on Heat 100 Radio. We here. Your boy Sports Web D is in the building. Frank is in the building. Yes, sir. And like I posted to you guys earlier, we got plenty of stuff to get to today. Um, but you know how we do. Mm-hmm. We do our news and our updates and we give you some scores. And then we have our stories that we have timely selected for uh, each and every episode. So right. let's do what we do and let's get right get into it. it. You got, if you haven't heard, Liz Cambage has terminated her contract with the L.A. Sparks. Okay. So they were very limited uh, in the story, in the details of the story as to why she terminated her contract. But I can tell you, and I do know, and I'm sure that you know if you follow the show like I know you follow, you know that she has had an ongoing issue um, and some concerns about the dealings and the treatment of the athletes in the WNBA. So, you know, um, a lot could have to do with that. I am not uh, definitely sure what, but I will... As always, I will do some research and dig into that. And, you know, like I say all the time, whatever I get, I will bring back to you all um, as I get it. Uh, whether it be live right here, whether it be Thursday or at the Drake or whether it be just on social media. But I will definitely get into that for you and get you um, as much information as I possibly can. Uh, Hansley Manuel, if you don't know him, he is the very, very talented uh one-armed basketball player yeah. who has committed and signed with Northwestern State. Yeah. So I, I am actually, you know, happy to hear that. Um, I am proud of Northwestern State mm-hmm. for giving this young man this opportunity where under normal pretenses, under normal circumstances, we wouldn't see schools give this young man um, this type of opportunity or this particular indiv- this particular type of individual, this type of in um you know uh kudos or whatever if you will um so it is good to see that um he has gotten a scholarship he has signed with a team, and he is every bit worth the bill uh, if you have not seen him, you can no. check him out on on social media whatever. I think his most recent video that's out has been was him at the Drew League. And if you know anything about basketball, you know the Drew League is one of the top leagues in the summer. Mm-hmm. And he went to the Drew League, he showed up Tore and up. showed out. Mm-hmm. So check him out if you can, you know, Hansel Emanuel, you know him. When, it, when you type it in, you start to type it in, I'm sure the rest of his name will pop up and you'll see plenty of clips. But check him out. He is definitely uh, worth the look. Yes, sir. Julio Jones is set to sign a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Bucks. So here we go with this trend again. Um, Everybody's going and everybody's wanting to win a chip. And, I mean, I I I see how this is playing out and I see how it goes this way for a lot of players. They get to that point in their career where they feel like their age is is going to be limiting them and that clock is ticking, ticking away. Mm -hmm. They don't have much time left. So they want to, if they can, they want to get somewhere that they believe gives them the best chance to win. Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't always happen that way, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, Charles Barkley was reported to be um, 
looking into taking a broadcasting job with the LIV golf tournament. Yeah. He has since turned that down, and he is sticking with uh, broadcasting the NBA, which I think is a good thing um, for Chuck. Um, we don't, like I said, we don't know right now the stability of the LIV. Um, I told you that story. I told you how there's a lot, there's a rift between them and the PGA. Um, there are some things that went on with some players from the PGA that left to go and play in the LIV. And mind you, the LIV had their first major tournament, if you will, over the weekend. Um, I forget the winner's name, but he, his pocket purse was $4 million. So I can understand. They were just throwing money around. So I understand how people left the PGA to go and join the LIV. But again, we don't know the full circumstances. Like, it's a startup. Just right. like you do with a business. It's a startup business. So you got to get through a year, you know, six months through a year first to see how this thing is going to go. But we'll see um, what happens. Russia has... Um, Russia's um, administration has said, said that they are set to listen to the U.S. Secretary of State, um, what he has to say about an offer involving the release of Brittany Griner. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Uh, the Padres emerge as the favorites to land Juan Soto. Kyler Murray says the talks on his extension clause have been disrespectful. I mean, he can feel that way, um, and that's him on a personal note, I believe. But if they're saying it, if they put that clause in, there's got to be something to it. I'm not taking a side at all in it, but I I just feel like if they put that clause in, they they obviously know something that we don't know. Um, And also, they've got a lot of money on the line. So you can kind of look at it like, as them um, protecting protecting their investment, if you will. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. Paolo Banchero, um, the top draft pick in this year's draft of the Orlando Magic, has a DUI, DWI-related charges dropped. Amazing how that happened so fast. I mean, this young man has just not even done anything in the league yet, and they're already getting um, charges dropped. So, Read more into that story, and as I get details, of course, I I will bring them to you. Um, there, as I was doing getting my notes ready, there was no decision mm-hmm. for the Deshaun Washington suspension. Um, allegedly there was supposed to be a suspension ruling today okay. at one fifteen, but it actually came out early. Um, he has been suspended for six games, and we'll talk about that. He also has right before the suspension came out, he settled with three more settled three more cases before this ruling came out so he settled three more cases after the previous ones he settled then this came out and like i said it came out early it was scheduled to come out at 115 uh sometime this afternoon or around 115 this afternoon but it came out early so again he got a six game uh suspension i believe it was what's up oh uh, Vince McMahon has retired from the WWE yeah. amid sexual misconduct investigations. Um, the Eagles and NFL have started training camp. Yeah. Uh, let's see, the Eagles, we also saw that there have been um, releases, social media for alternate uniforms for teams, alternate helmets. And so the Eagles have an alternate black helmet that they will be wearing at some point this season, yeah, which ranks right now, which currently ranks number two 
in the NFL, uh, NFL as far as the new alternative home helmets. Is that going to be all year? My wife wants that. It's not going to be all year. They just, it's going to be certain games I that they're going to wear. Yeah. Um, they also are going to bring back the Kelly Green uniforms uh, for this season for mm-hmm. a couple of games. And if you don't remember what those are, those are the uniforms of the, the, old ones. the pretty much glory years of the, the Eagles. Bird, you know. The, the, <laughs> the, the Reggie Whites, the Carl. You know, Mike Quick, more so the 80s, 90s, more so the Jerome Browns, Reggie White, Randall Cunningham, in that era there. Um, The Sixers, as we know, are being investigated for tampering. We'll definitely talk about that. Oklahoma schools are making students, athletes, file a biological sex affidavit. So, with that, like, if you don't know what that's from, this goes back to a story I did maybe a month or so ago. Um, where there was a transgender swimmer from the University of Pennsylvania who actually um, went in. Sheen, good morning. I'm sorry, I didn't. I was lunching on the check and I was into it. Sheen is tuned in. Omar is tuned in. Thank you guys for tuning in. There was a transgender um, individual swimmer, and it caused a ruckus, a little bit of a ruckus. Right. And now Texas, or not to Oklahoma, is making student athletes file a biological sex affidavit. I think that's a little bit of a reach. Uh, I don't know how far that's going to fly, how long it's going to last, but we never know. It is Oklahoma, so we'll see what happens there. Danny Garcia, in a new weight class, gets an easy victory over Jose Benavidez over the weekend. Also, uh, the 49ers. Have signed Debo Samuel to a three-year deal, seventy-one million, uh, with fifty-eight million guaranteed. Um, as I told you, they have a ruling in the Deshaun Watson uh, case. And before I get to our scores for the weekend, I have to do this right now, and I'm going to take a moment of silence for NBA legend Bill Russell, who passed away yesterday evening. Thank you all for that moment of silence for Mr. Bill Russell, NBA legend. Um, Real quick, before I get into the stars, just so people will know, if you didn't already know, uh, let me find where I wrote these stats down. Uh, Now I cannot find, here we go, I got it now. So, we got Bill Russell. Um, In his career, 11-time NBA champion. Five-time MVP of the league, 12-time All-Star, one-time All-Star game MVP, three-time All-NBA first team, and eight-time All-NBA second team. So he had a very, very immaculate, illustrious career. Moving on to our scores for yesterday. We got Major League Baseball. We'll kick off with there. The Tigers fall to the Blue Jays 4-1. The Braves blank the Diamondbacks 1-zip. The Cardinals blank the Nationals 5-zip. The Royals just get by the Yankees 8-6. The Phils get by the Pirates 8-2. The Brewers fall to the Red Sox 7-2. The Guardians uh, take that game over the Rays 5-3. Baltimore Orioles fall to the Reds 3-2. The Mets take the game over the Marlins in Miami, 9-3. The A's go into Chicago and lose to the White Sox, 4-1. The Mariners take a trip to Houston, 
lose that game in 10 innings, 3-2. The Dodgers in Colorado take that game 7-3. The Rangers take the Angels 5-2. The Twins go to San Diego and fall to the Padres 3-zip. And closing out last night's baseball schedule, the Giants at home blank the Cubs 4-zip. In the WNBA, the sky get by the sun 95-92. The Mercury uh, fall to the Liberty 89-60, which is a shocker. The Storm... Just don't have enough. The Mystics take that game 78-75. The Aces defeat the Fever 94-89. And in the nightcap, the Lynx defeat the Sparks 84-77. So those are your scores Mm -hmm. for the weekend of July 30th and 31st, uh, 2022. As you see, we are now hitting July. I mean, August. It is now... August the 1st today. Uh, the year is really, really flying by. Yes, sir. So I usually would take a break mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to take a break just yet. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get through my notes here. I'm going to shuffle through some stuff. So excuse my shuffling of papers here. I'm going to shuffle through some things. But you see we're live, so you know. What we do is what we do. It's real. It's not scripted. Um, Like I told you last week, I keep it 100. And what I do with all these stories I bring to you is I go through these stories and I give come up with my interpretation of how I want to deliver the story and give you my take on what is said Mm -hmm. in these stories. So allegedly or in the beginning um, of last week, there was still no decision on the Deshaun Watson findings. Mm -hmm. And we all know the story, so it's no need really, Robert Reeves, thanks for tuning in. It's no need really to give you the the backdrop or, you know, go back and see uh, what we are talking about because we all know the story. We all know the situation. We know about the payoffs. And then there was just recently three more Payoffs, but they're calling him. Uh, he settled, but we know what they we know what they mean when they say settled. It was a payoff for three more um, civil cases or whatever. And then, like I said, the initial reports were that the suspension announcement was, or the not the suspension, but an announcement was supposed to come mm-hmm. sometime this afternoon around the one fifteen time frame. But it happened to come out earlier, and like I mentioned, he got a six game suspension. Yeah. So. You could very people are immediately going to go into and say, "Is that enough?" You think so, um, should he have gotten more? That's about right. Should things have been a little bit more a stringent, if you will? Because a lot of people are going to do like they did maybe a week or two ago. They're going to make comparisons to the um, Calvin Ridley story situation in this story, mm-hmm. where you could. Just for sakes of dialogue, arguably, but in reality, mm-hmm. these these two incidents are so far apart from each other on the spectrum that you can't really compare them. Um, again, we know the situation with Deshaun Jackson. I mean, Deshaun Watson. I keep saying it's just the names there, Deshaun Watson. And then we know the situation with Calvin Ridley. So Calvin Ridley placed a bet. Which was illegal, we know, based a bet on the Falcon, on his team that he played for in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It was a $1,500 bet. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, he ended up getting suspended for the entire season. I don't see how you could compare these two because when you look at what Calvin Ridley did, yes, he did something wrong. Um, You can't even say that it's illegal now, but it is against policies of the NFL, and we get that. Um, Some people could even argue that Remember the Pete Rose situation, how the gambling issues never, how the gambling issues halted Pete Rose from getting into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And I'm not saying that Calvin Ridley is a Hall of Famer just yet. It, it's, it could very well be possible if he gets to play again or when he plays again in his career, it could come. But we don't know yet. So you look at these two stories and it's hard, again, in my opinion, to compare them because... When you look at the overall situations, the Falcons and Calvin Ridley can get from under their situation a lot easier, and we've seen it already, than Deshaun Watson will. This thing, he got the six-game suspension. Mm-hmm. This thing is going to linger with him for a long time. Yes, sir. Um, it is going to be a black eye for a long time. It's going to be somewhat of a black eye on the Texans organization for how they let these how they let this whole entire thing play out before they eventually made a trade Mm -hmm. so six games and and when people are going to do what I know they're going to do they're going to compare it to like I said they're going to compare it to Calvin Ridley they're going to compare it to arguably a lot of other situations that went on six games in my opinion, it's too much. You think too little? Uh, I think it's about right there. I mean, it's hard to say when you have the a going on, you have a seventeen game season. Mm-hmm. He's gonna miss six of them. So, that's like so like you figure that's maybe about 10, 11 games. Uh, no, well that's about let's see, six and six, six is twelve. Yeah. That's about uh, maybe a quarter of the games. Yeah. You know, you could say That's a good number right. that he'll miss. That's about right. Um, I, I still can't say if I think that's right. And like I said, considering everything that was reported that allegedly transpired, uh-huh. um, you know, like I mentioned when it happened, and I mentioned in other instances when we talked about other stories, when you get to that level of a professional athlete, you, you really, really have to downsize some things that you do you really have to be on your p's and q's about everything that you do you have to be extremely cautious and aware of your surroundings everywhere you are because at any given moment you could be recognized by somebody and like i say when you're at that level of a professional athlete People know who you are right. when they see you out. You know, it, it may be an instance where it'll be a fan and they'll shout you out or whatever, and then more people will come. And it may even be an instance where people may not know your name, mm-hmm. but they'll see you and they'll say, oh, That's yeah, he, he's a he's right. an athlete. He's somebody, mm-hmm. you know. So you got to be extremely yeah. cautious and extremely careful. In the things that you do, and be aware of your surroundings because you never know what might happen. 
And the things that you do behind closed doors, it's gonna come out. you Plus. never know who could be looking for a payday. Who? You never know who could be you looking to cause you some harm. Mm-hmm. Family. You never know who's watching. Mm-hmm. And in his situation, you could say it was a public place, of course. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. there's other people that are there. Um, when you do things in certain situations, sometimes because who you are will not get you by. Absolutely. Um, it may not happen immediately, but at some point, if you did something wrong or if you were at a place and someone believes or felt that you did something wrong or inappropriate at some point, it is going to hit the surface. It's going to hit the surface. Now, how it hits the surface is a totally different thing. Yep. And like I said, you can take notes on how this Deshaun Watson situation played out. Right. So, again, for me, I, I, I'm I going to stay away from saying whether I believe six games is enough mm-hmm. or not enough, right. the right amount, whatever, however you want to look at it. Right. I'm not really going to get into that. Um you know, but I knew that there would be some type of punishment um, because of the egregious allegations that were presented and the number of cases that were pending and possibly some of them still may be pending. But the decision is made. Um, the NFL is happy with their decision because they made it. Um, there's also reports been out put out that uh, the Watson team will not appeal. So when you hear things like that, it, it makes me think, makes me, or leads me to believe that they're okay with it. Um, they're going to take what they got and run with it. They're not going to try and push the envelope and maybe have the NFL maybe change their mind in an appeal and end up getting more games or whatever. Right. So it's kind of like they knew something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. They just didn't know what. And now that they got something, um, I think his team is more so, more or less like, look, this is what we got. Let's take this because if we go to an appeal, you never know. It could be more games. It could end up being an entire season. So let's take where we at now and let's stick here and let's run with this and go with it. So that's what I, that's my thought process. On them not filing, uh, on reportedly not filing for um, an appeal. So he'll miss six games. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for Cleveland? Nothing. <laughs> well, it, it means a lot. Well, dude, it means well. a lot um, for Cleveland because they traded away Baker Mayfield. Yeah. They, um, they just signed the quarterback. I forget his name, but of course, if I forget his name, then you know. <laughs> what his career was like so far. Um, I, I would have to look at this schedule to see. Uh, but it, it it's going to have an impact on Cleveland. And considering they made the playoffs last year, things got shaky with Baker. They ended up trading Baker after they you know made the trade and, and got this showing. So it, it, it's going to mean a lot to Cleveland. Um, again, like I said, just coming off of making the playoffs, 
now you get, like I said, you went in through, you went through whatever you went through with Baker. You eventually move Baker. You bring in Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing is, like, you bring in Deshaun Watson at the time you brought him in and that trade was tra tra trade transpired, right. rather, it was still up in the air of whether he was going to be suspended or yeah. anything, any kind of fine, any kind of suspension or punishment was coming down mm -hmm. for him. So you took a major, major chance yeah. on this, and now you're getting the fruits of your labor where he's getting a six-game suspension. So cut out this year. And, you know, so in my opinion, it's like they're taking a step backwards um, from where they were last year. <laughs> and in the AFC, that oh. six games, and like I said, I would have to look at their schedule to see what they do. Time. But these six games could, could set them back. And in a small way, depending on what that schedule looks like in those first six games, it could pretty much start the end of their season before it really gets started. Because we know six games into a 18-week, 17-game season is not that long. But in this particular situation, it could be detrimental to the Cleveland Browns organization for this upcoming season. So as always, again, like I said, we'll definitely um, keep our ears to the street and see what transpires, how this plays out, um, and everything like that. So with that being said, we'll move on a little bit. And we know training camp has started. Yes, sir. They started last week, so it's been like three or four days of training camp. Um, the, the Eagles are up and down. Um, as far as training camp right now, and it, it, it's going to take it's going to take a minute. Um, you got, I think the season is going to revolve around Jalen Hurts, how much he improves, um, how much he's gotten better. Uh, I also like what I've seen from Quez Watkins. He's been doing a bang up job. He's the wide receiver. He's been doing a bang up job uh, in training camp. Um, killing it, so he shows that he's put in the work. Mm -hmm. And the reports that I've seen, um, Jalen Hurts has been up and down. He's had some good days, and he's had a couple bad days so far. Mm -hmm. But, again, it's going to take some time. Yeah. Uh, this is the reason they have training camp. This is the reason that all these guys are in early. Absolutely. So so they can work on these things and get these things out. And as a fan looking at the season, you want these things to kind of happen now, the up and down and all. You want these things to happen now in training camp so they can get it fixed going into the season. But I think it's going to be a good season for the Eagles. I think, again, they're going to be better than a lot of people um, expect. Uh, I think they are I think they are going to win the division. Yeah. Um. I think they'll make the playoffs. Now, I don't know. You know how many wins y'all going to have? I'm not. I got to look at the schedule again, so I'll do that another day. Like when I get closer to the yeah. season, I'll, I'll go through the schedule and see 11. what I pick for them. But they have to have an improved, solid leader in Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that um, the defense will take care of itself like it always does. The defense will take care of itself like it always does. They definitely will need some improvement this season from Miles Sanders, who did not have a great season last season. He was hurt a few times, so he'll need to bounce back 
and, and give us something. And again, like I said, I think the season is going to revolve around Jalen Hurts and how much he has improved, how much his NFL quarterbacking knowledge has grown. Um, he has the tools in place now, more tools than what he had. But it's got to come together. And it all starts with Jalen Hurts. He has to be that leader. Um, I think his teammates have his back or in support of him. Um, the Eagles have arguably the best, if not one of the best offensive lines in the NFL right now. So they should be able to get some things going. And I just want to see from Jalen Hurts, I want to see him do a little bit more this year with his arm than his legs. And I'm not saying that I don't want him to use his legs. I want him to use his legs when he needs to. But I want it to be out of necessity, and I want him to be able to get the ball too. One of the best receivers in the league. Um, arguably another top receiver, upcoming receiver in the league in Devontae Smith. And and a top five tight end um, in Dallas Goddard. And a solid running game, a decent running game, including Jalen Hurts. So I think it'll all come together. Like I said, it's just a matter of the timing and how things play out. Folks, we are about to take our first break. First break. When we come back... We're going to pick up and we're going to talk some Brittany Griner. Uh, then we're going to talk a little bit of NBA. I definitely, definitely need to talk about the Sixers investigation, which I think, again, I, like I mentioned earlier, I think is a joke. And there are some other people that think it's a joke. So we'll definitely get into that and talk about that. On the other side, you are tuned in to Sports Rap right here on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy D. It's your boy we'll see you on the other side yes, in just a couple Take seconds. Segment two of the Sports Rap Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. If you are not with us on Facebook, as you know where we are, right. you can get us on the TuneIn app. Right. Just search Heat 100 Radio. You can also get us on Heat100Radio.com. So right. if you go to the group, in the description of the group, there's an RDO link, secure net system, that will send you right to heat100radio.com, and you can pick up all of this audio. But if you can, you can get it right to Facebook, and you can get the audio and the visual right. as well. So we are back once again. Yes, sir. And right now, we are going to talk a little bit Brittany Griner. Yeah. Um, as we know and as we have heard, the United States has offered a deal to Russia um, in somewhat of an exchange, if you will, for Brittany Griner. But like I mentioned to you last week, I don't know how it's going to work out because what the Russians are asking for, they're asking for prisoners of war or war criminals, an arms dealer to be released. Right. And I'm not too sure... If the United States are going to be okay with that. Mm. Um, It's a really, really strange, strange story where 
in the most recent days and weeks, we've heard uh, Brittany Griner's camp most recently say that the issues with her having the marijuana or whatever, the, the oils, was for pain. And, and, you know, my whole thing is like, yo, y'all should have went with that in the beginning. Like, y- you look at the situation and y- you think about how the situation played out. Like, look at the whole thing from the beginning. And people will definitely, for sakes of debating and arguing, say, oh, she's been over there for four years, so she knows the rules and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. I even thought about that myself. And like I said, when I thought about the article when it first happened, right. I thought about that myself as well. And then I also went through, like I said, when you hear stories, you can go plenty of different avenues. I also thought that maybe since it was right before the war, mm-hmm. something was tipped off that the war would be coming mm-hmm. and that they had to move and get out and she might have packed hastily right. and did it by accident it could very well have happened right. and like i said none of us were there with her when she packed to know if it was intentional or unintentional right. so we'll truly we'll never know right. that situation but the way that they went about it like you should have went about that with the for the pain and whatever in the very beginning, because you would have had a leg to stand on at that situation. She is an, a, a professional athlete, for right. one. Okay? She is an abnormally large woman. Yes, she is. Um, and we know athletes of her size have end up getting nagging injuries. We see a lot of times with the big men in the NBA, they end up having foot problems and knee problems. Right. Because of their size and the, the amount of um, wear, wear and tear that is put on their bodies. Right. So in my opinion, I think they should have went with that from the very beginning. And and things might have been a little different. Right. But I also mentioned to people who, for some reason, somehow, some way, didn't pick up one of that first. When this whole thing started, I was one of the early ones and initial ones that said that I hope she, she didn't become a pawn in this situation right. before it got too big. Right. And before I knew it, she became a pawn. And I'm going back to even before she had this court date where she first played pled guilty. Then she went through it again. And, you know, she could be facing up to like 11 years in prison or whatever. Right. And all of these things that went on that transpired before this it is like, to me, it seems like it was all a setup and right. how they did this yeah. in Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's real crazy. How this thing played out. Like, it gave a backdrop of the story and how she's there. Um, and, and now the U.S. is trying to finally use the wrongfully detained tag on Brittany Griner. Right. And basically what that means is, and I quote, an, an international detention can be illegitimate for a number of reasons, including the fact that a foreign government might be holding her hostage which, which is to say using her for leverage, end quote. Right. This is what I said from the very beginning. Um, they go further. It says Robert Levinson, mm-hmm. Hostage Recovery and Hostage Taking Accountability Act with wrongful detainment. Among the criteria is that the U.S. government expects an American is being used as a hostage or, or that it has identified issues with a given nation's criminal justice system. The delay of her hearing is one warning sign. Like I said, you don't foot drag if it's a normal normal criminal trial, right. is what the attorney said. Um, I get that. You know, you, you think about 
how things are played out here in the court system here. And you know, when it's a criminal case, they want to get it in and get it going so they can get whatever they need to get done and get that case done. Now, we understand that over in Russia is totally different. The judicial system there, the government is different. But for all intent purposes, concept wise, could be very, could be some similarities there. Um, You know, the, the other red flag. Is the country wants to engage in a prisoner swap with the U.S. You don't exchange prisoners if it's a normal criminal proceeding. Right. Two red flags there. So, like, I'm wondering why it took this long for the U.S. to get involved. If, like they say now, these things were already in place and you could very easily get to this, I'm wondering why it took them so long to get to this point um, and bring this up. So, it's going to be a long battle. A long battle. And here is another issue that seems funny to me in this whole situation. And it says the Associated Press reported that any swap would apparently require Griner to first be convicted and sentenced of the crime, Mm -hmm. then apply for a presidential pardon. That doesn't make any sense. If you're asking for a prisoner swap, why would she need to be fully charged, sentenced, and then have to file for a presidential pardon? They want some. I mean, it could be whatever you want, and then that knowing Russia and considering that they are still in a war, they could go into Mm -hmm. this conviction, sentencing. And then they can deny the pardon. Right. A lie, yeah, basically. So where does all this come in at? Where where does all this play? Out. Um you know, I I, like I said, the prisoners that they want um released um were charged with smuggling military grade weapons to rebels in Africa and abroad. Um he is considered one of the most dangerous men on the face of the earth. This man made 50 million supplying arms to the Taliban, according to the U.S. Treasury. And the Russia has been bargaining for his release since 2012, which oh, has got, not happened yet. Oh, we got it. Yeah, the U.S. has him here. So again, um, like I said in the very beginning, and what I mentioned before, Brittany Griner is a black Gender non-conforming lesbian woman. Right. Her marginalized identities explain why she received muted media coverage upon her her arrest, mm-hmm. and why the government has not moved to free her. Coverage of Griner's detainment was initially hushed to prioritize her well-being right. and to make her less alluring to Russian officials, hoping to utilize her celebrity as. Uh, to use her celebrity um, in their case, right. which they I think they have done already. Mm-hmm. Use her celebrity. It's like, look, we got one of your stars, and y'all come up with this issue that you want to have her released. Okay, well, this is what we want. We want you to release these prisoners. That's and these prisoners that they want have totally, it's kind of like when we talked about Deshaun Watson and Calvin Ridley. Seriously. Two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. 
different. Two different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Like, what sense would it make for the United States to, to go in and release an arms dealer in the middle of a war? That makes sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to happen. So we look for, I am looking at long. a long, drawn-out situation with Brittany Griner. Um, and, and it's a shame. And like I said, people could very easily say what I said in the beginning. She knows the rules over there, whatever, whatever. But again, you got to take everything into consideration that it's a war going on. And this was just prior to the war happening. So like I said, it could have been a sense of urgency to get out. And she just packed in, in haste. It could have been a mistake. As she admitted initially that it was a mistake. She had no intentions on breaking the law. And I give you that. Yeah, she should know the laws because she's been over there for the past four years right. playing in basketball. But that's another story. But again, like I said, it is definitely going to be a long, long, long drawn out situation um, for Brittany Griner if and when she does get right. released. Yeah. Um, so moving along. I put out reports two weeks ago when the Sean Mark story came out. And then last week I mentioned again that there is a possibility that the Sixers would be under investigation. And then it came out, I think it was like Wednesday or Thursday, that the Sixers will be under investigation for alleged tampering in their free agency. Well, backtracking to this story, where I picked it up, with Sean Marks, who was a former GM of the Brooklyn Nets, now an ESPN analyst, analyst, had something to say, which I think sparked this whole thing, about the situation with James Harden taking the $15 million pay cut. In my opinion, Sean Marks has some hate. Um, I think he might feel some type of way because James Harden left Brooklyn mm -hmm. and he was initially there when James Harden got traded to Brooklyn. Right. But nonetheless, dude, you were a GM, so you know how this works. Okay? Take away him taking a $15 million pay cut mm -hmm. initially, right? He had one year left on his contract. It was a team. It was a player option. Right. Okay? So if he opts in, he would have stood to make 47, maybe 47 and a half mil right. this, this year. Okay? He opted out. And in that opting out, that made him an unrestricted free agent, right. which means he could sign with any team for whatever amount of money that he chose fit for, for, for him. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand where Sean Marks came up with the idea that there was some tampering. Right. Nothing there. Because I mentioned he took a $15 million pay cut. There's not... And I may be stretching, but I, I kind of firmly believe this. There's not one other or too many other superstars in the current NBA that would take a $15 million pay cut to help the team get better. Right. I don't believe it. If anyone knows of anyone that they think might do it, jump in the comments and let me know. But don't just give me a name. When you get in, Gloria Jones, thanks for tuning in. When you give me a name, you got to give me reasons. Cause you know I don't play that. Like I, like we go here, the station that keeps it 100. Anything I tell you, anything that I tell you that I bring to you, 
I give you reasons behind it. I give you my reasons for the way I for the reasons why I stand the way I stand and say what I say. So definitely, if you decide that you have a different approach, a different player that you could say something about that would take that fifteen million dollar pay cut, please by all means jump into this dialogue and, and let us know because. I want to know, okay? I want to know because I don't think there's many others out there. You know, it, it, I, I applaud James Harden for that feat, um, if nothing else. Um, also, I want to say they moved on, and now they have the tampering centered around P.J. Tucker's deal. Yeah, I heard about that. Which allegedly came shortly after free agency. So you know the routine where free agency goes they have a set date. This year it was June 30th. Started at 6 p.m. Right. Things couldn't happen until 6 p.m. Right. Okay. So when you look at that situation and you think about it, of course, before free agency started, I shared a lot of information. A lot of information was shared all over social media right. of how this particular player has verbally agreed to this team on a deal and this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. So, in essence, everywhere, every team in the NBA at some point could be tampering. accused of tampering. Right. Every team. They do it every year. Dude. So, <laughs> what happened was, P.J. Tucker, again, another unrestricted free agent, okay, he signed with the Sixers, like, immediately after free agency started. He signed for 30 mil three years. Um, then the Sixers also signed Daniel House right. for eight mil over two years. What the problem is, I think, is the fact that James Harden, Daniel House, and P.J. Tucker all played together on the Houston Rockets. And at that time, they all played together. Daryl Morey was the GM there or president there. Now he's the president here. And now currently all three of those players are here. Yeah, They know each other. Okay. But again... James Harden allowed the team to be able to use their mid-level exception mm-hmm. and another exception that they used um, in this deal. And what James Harden said from the beginning was that he told Daryl Morey, I'm going to opt out, sign who you need to sign, and give me what's left. The other alleged report rumors are that the Sixers could have possibly had a wink wink if you will deal in place with James Harden where he would be an unrestricted free agent after the 23 season or after this season he could be an unrestricted free agent opt out again on the second year and then get the money back that he gave up to get this lesser contract that's going to be very hard to prove it's going to be extremely hard to prove. Um, he said he wanted to show the organization and the Sixers fans and everybody who supports that they're trying what they're trying to accomplish. You know, he's trying to accomplish individually, and that's what he is about. So, this thing I I, I said, um, like in my opinion, I think it's a joke because I'm getting ready to break down some stuff to you, and you'll get a little better understanding of why 
I think that this this play this this investigation is a joke. So okay, um, one of the central elements of the league's probe includes questions on a hardened decision to decline a forty-seven million dollar player option, um, take a pay cut on a new two-year deal for sixty-eight mil over the two years. Around the league, there have been questions about whether there's already a handshake agreement in place on a future contract, which would be in violation of collective bargaining rules. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can argue that, but again, like I said, it's going to be hard to prove. Like, the man took a pay cut. He wants to win. So he knew the financial situation, the business side of the organization where he needed to take a pay cut so what he did he did it well the way he thought was right i'll opt out become an unrestricted free agent i'll sign for a lesser deal and we'll go from there and we'll be able to sign a couple people a couple pieces that we might need that that are better the team i have no issues with that at all again like i said not too many other superstars in the league that are going to take that pay cut and come back on a two-year deal to help the team win. So, if this is what they're saying. So, like, you know, like I mentioned, I told you about the alleged tampering and how free agency plays out. We all know how it plays out. Right. We get the date. And before that date, we always hear, again, like I just mentioned a few minutes ago, player A is, has a verbal agreement to sign with so-and-so, whatever. Okay? So, what they're basically trying to put in this situation and where their fight is and their argument is is they're saying that because um, free agency began 6pm on June 30th they say yet yeah, Keith Pompey of the uh, of the Philadelphia Inquirer a full week and a half earlier reported that the Sixers plan to offer Tucker a three year $30 million contract two days before free agency he said that Pitt Tucker Compay added that Tucker is expected to sign with the Sixers. Where is the problem with that? He is a member of the media. He's a news reporter. Okay. And what he said was the Sixers plan to offer P.J. Tucker this contract. He didn't say that they offered it to him. He didn't say that there was an, a, a verbal agreement or an agreement in principle for P.J. Tucker to come to the Sixers. Right. He said that Sixers were planning to offer him a contract. Right. And then it proceeded to two days before free agency that P.J. Tucker was expected to sign with the Sixers. He can report that two days before. Fine. Doesn't mean anything happened. Doesn't Also doesn't necessarily mean that what they said is was expected to happen would happen. Right. But because it did, Teams are in people are in a tizzy. I honestly don't think that the NBA would have been looking to investigate if not for the comments of Sean Marks. Again, like I said, who has ties? Brooklyn Nets, former GM now. And we know what's going on in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it on paper, Sixers have gotten better. So they've basically, if you will, Sounds you can easily yeah. say on paper that they supplanted, and they're like six is the top three, top four in the league. So they yeah. supplanted Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So there's always going to be some hate, as we always say in Philly. There's always some hate there. Yeah. 
But this is just ridiculous. So the Sixers um, made a trade on draft night and got rid of uh, Danny Green, and they acquired DeAnthony Melton. Um, and they would have roughly had $151.7 million committed to 13 players if Harden had had opted in. Wow. Okay. They would have only had been able but they there look they would have been only they would have been only 5.3 million below the apron they would have needed to shed 5.2 million again or 5.2 million more to gain access to the full non-taxpayer mid-level exception right which is the one that they used to sign PJ Tucker and an additional 4.1 million to get access to the biannual exception which they used on Daniel House. So, let's see here. Nate says, if my memory serves me right, didn't LeBron say he was taking his talents to South Beach before free agency started? Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks for that, Nate, but I didn't want to go back that far, but I just went back to every summer most recently where every team could easily be accused of tampering like i said you always hear Mm -hmm. that this player signed or agreed with to a deal with this player and this is before they start because they can't sign the deals until 6 Mm p.m so if the deal is arguably in place and they sign it at 602 where's the problem wherein lies the problem see it was clear that harden opting out and re-signing for less than his max salary would give the Sixers more financial flexibility to round out their roster. Mm-hmm. Again, I have no issues with that. They would have been limited to six to the six point five million taxpayer mid level, right. which likely would have taken them out of the running for Tucker. So what they did was they came together, player and management, mm-hmm. and got something done to get a player that they coveted, a player that they wanted to get, yeah. which they did. Uh, let's see. And perhaps they say the Sixers implied to Harden that they'll give him a contract, max contract, uh, next summer if he has a bounce back year in 2023. But he's a 10-time All-Star in a former league MVP. The implication goes without saying. Right. The number of years on his next contract is what matters the most. Right. Okay. Um, the league cracked down on Minnesota back when Joe Smith was in the league, and there's little chance. The Sixers have formalized such an argument. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, say this is Nate again, and he says I've come to the conclusion that people hate all Philly teams. In my opinion, yeah, you could easily say that, Nate, because it's always something yeah. going on. Um, so they said they can still make up the four to fourteen mil he gave up this season, based on a current one hundred thirty-three million cap projected for 2023-24. His max sum his max salary next summer will be forty six point five million, which is still less than the player option he turned down this year. Had he picked up that option this year, his max salary for next summer would have been roughly forty nine point seven million. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so they talk about the team and this, that, and the third. And it says while when, while team officials can't legally contact free agents. There's nothing stopping Harden from recruiting Tucker and House on his own. Right. Even though it's technically prohibited, the league hasn't dared to wade into investigation and into investigating player to player tampering. 
Um, like they said, DeMar DeRozan had two in-person meetings with LeBron James before free, free agency began last summer. What do you think there? Even if the Sixers did tamper with Tucker and or House, they certainly weren't the only team to touch base with free agent with the free agent before July 30th. And there you have it. This is why. One example they used, Denver Nuggets reached an agreement with DeAndre Jordan right when free agency began, which remains hilarious, by the way. Um, and then there was Malik Monk, who Sam Sharonia reported was finalizing a deal with the Sacramento Kings at 6 p.m. on the dot. Right. Right. League sources say that they there were a growing sense of surrender in Dallas on Tuesday mm-hmm. to the idea, and this is all going back to the, the uh, Jalen Brunson situation. Right. Then you had issues with teams that lost draft picks. Miami, Milwaukee, and Chicago all lost second-round draft picks. Right. But the only difference is the deals that they were accused of tampering were sign-and-trade deals. So there is a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, luckily, in the worst-case scenario for the Sixers, it isn't all that bad. If the league finds them guilty, it will take likely it will likely take away their 2023 second-round pick. No big deal. Which because it was going to be in the low 50s, so it's going to be in the bottom of that second round anyway. Sixers are also owed the most favorable second round pick from Atlanta, Charlotte, or the Brooklyn Nets. So they should have one second rounder either way. Mm-hmm. So if this thing does come to fruition, it still won't really mean much because they'll still have a draft pick in that second round, even if the league decides to strip them of a second round draft mm-hmm. pick. So, again, I, I think it's a joke. Um, like I just mentioned to you how players had there, and one of our um, followers chimed in about the LeBron James situation um, when he went to Miami. Of course, that was prior to him being able to sign a contract with Miami. We all know how that played out. And then, like we said, it's always deals going on. So, I think there's some hate here. Right. Um, I think there's some hate for the reuniting of the four. Right. And that's the James Harden, Daniel House, PJ Tucker, uh, Daryl Morey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's also some concern with teams in the conference and in the division, more particularly the Brooklyn Nets. You hate the and Nets, we know huh? that they well, we just know the situation that they're in right now. Like I mean, I don't like what they did. Yeah. That's that the whole point. I really don't care about the Nets too much. I just don't like what they did. And they're paying for it heavily now because they're KD, pretty I, much, excuse my language, mode. they're a shit show right now, yes, they are. if you will. Yeah. You told okay. me about that. <laughs> so, again, the, the fear is, in my opinion, mm-hmm. where the Sixers were, right. who they have on their team. Right. Two years running, second runner-up for the MVP. Now, just imagine what they did. And basically all they did was that they filled needs that they had on the roster without moving a lot of pieces. That's that's, that's, that's good. I mean, you've got a superstar who has told you that he wanted to come here first, told you that he wanted to be here, told you that he will do whatever in the power, whatever he can in his power, 
to help the team get better and pursue winning of a championship. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. He's showing you all of that. Okay. Uh, the other thing I like that I've seen in this James Harden situation is his particular workout videos. Yeah. He's been working with his teammates and his his assistant coaches. Um, he's been working on improving the things that slowed him down last year. So it's not like the situation where I, I hated when everybody said it about Ben Simmons when he was had all these videos in the summertime of him shooting the ball and this, that, and the third. And what I said about that was a lot of those times he was arguably the best player or one of the best players in that gym. And it was very easy for him. And he was just getting in basketball shape. Because a lot of, lot more times than not, when NBA players get in those gyms, those open gyms, they're just getting in basketball shape. Right. When you get individual workouts with particular coaches or specific coaches, like James Harden's doing, working out on his own, working out with his teammates, working out with his particular coaches, shows you that he has it in him and that he wants to get better. Showing you that he's a man of his word again so far, and he's sticking to that. And it still has to come to the season, and he has to perform better than what he did last year. But I'm impressed at this entire summer so far. And it's like I said, taking the pay cut and you working on the things that you need to work on to get you as close as you can to where you were before the half a season you played here with us. You think he'll be back like he was in Houston? He's never going to be back. To where he was in Houston. That was, that was unbelievable. He's never going to get back there because of the age and the wear and tear on the body. That quick step ain't there no more. But I think he will be better. IQ wise. His IQ is still well, there. The IQ never left that. anywhere. But I think with the full training camp full under Doc Rivers' system and not learning it on the fly, yeah. being with two particular guys that you are comfortable with, mm-hmm. two other stars. Let's say three with Tobias Harris in that mix too. Three other stars that you are getting comfortable with. It'll be a better transition. So I think he'll be better than he was this half a season that he was with us. I definitely think that. But again, he he won't get back to where he was in Houston. That that because he's too eight, he's too old, and it's different situations, different style of play than it was in Houston. So that won't happen. But the 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 issues. In Brooklyn are one in their own. Right. They got some issues. Yes, he is teaching Tyrese Maxey a lot um, as far as Sam Cassell. Baldy, our guy, is watching. What's up, Bald? What up, brother? Wish you was in here with us talking about this. So, you know, uh, Stan Laws, thanks for tuning in as always. You know, love what you're doing, staying in the community with your basketball stuff. I will definitely support every opportunity I get right. and appreciate you for tuning in as well. Right. So, like I said, this situation with this investigation, I mean, it is what it is because they're in the investigation now. But I don't think much is going to come from it. Um, again, like I said, the bottom line is that even if they do get stripped of a second round draft pick, which is possible which is arguably the going rate right now for tampering. Right. They'll still have another one that they'll have mm-hmm. um on their own. So they'll be okay. Um and I still don't think that they're done. I still think that there could possibly be another move or so that could be made with the Sixers to kind of flatten out this roster, if you will, or or better this roster, uh, if you will. Right. So we'll definitely see 
what happens and how that plays out. Mind you, folks, um, you know September the 4th we gave you the date. Keep the date. Save the date. Lock it in your phone. Write it down on your calendar. Yes, September the 4th, 2022, from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. at LB's Lounge. Okay? We have tickets on us. We got the tickets. Got you must DM. You can DM me at sportswrap underscore D for ticket payment info. You can uh, text or DM any of us here. Um, I'll probably post something later today and give you everybody that's here at the station's um, Instagram handle so you can DM who you are close to um, if you need to get tickets. Oh, and like man. I said, you can DM me at sportswrap underscore D or um, in the group page of Sportswrap Podcast on Facebook. Let me know how many tickets you need and I will tell you how we can make payment arrangements and what your payment options are. Also, City Winery. Nice place. If you haven't been there, you need to get there. Selena Johnson is coming August the 12th. You can get to the box office and get your tickets, or like I tell you all the time, or quite frequently, you can tune in to Heat 100 Radio and possibly win some tickets. Okay? Um, also, Uncle Charlie. You know we got the Dell. The Dell has been jumping so far. Mm-hmm. Uncle Charlie and Philly's own Carol Riddick will hit the stage okay. August the 11th. Again, you can get to the box office and get your tickets, or you can tune in to Heat 100 Radio and possibly win some tickets. So we got some stuff going on. And like I said, that fish fry, you want to be at this official chicken fry, LB's Lounge, Fifth and Table Road. You want to be in the building. Because if you have never been to a Heat 100 Radio event, you are definitely missing out. And we are going to do what we do. We're going to show up and show out. Yep. We've been a little quiet, but we've been quietly working. Yep, pandemic. We've been quietly working. Since you know we're still here, so you know we've been working. Right. But we getting ready to get back in these streets. We're getting ready to get back to doing what we do. Yes, sir. And when we start, you just better get on board and be and pay attention right. to what we do. So make sure you get your tickets, folks. Again, I'll announce it again later on, and I'll definitely post something later today. Yes, sir. Fish and Chicken Fry, Heat 100 Radio. September 4th. Powered by Heat 100 Radio, Sports Rap, Simply Monica, and LB's Lounge. So make sure you hit us up and get your tickets. So moving along, I wanted to talk, and I kind of left it out there when I talked about the Brooklyn Nets. So I want to get back to the Brooklyn Nets. And we all know the situation there. (laughs) Uh, Free agency has come about. Kyrie asked for the max contract. The Knicks didn't feel comfortable giving that. He turned and opted into the final year of his contract. KD has recently requested a trade. Is he leaving? They don't have to trade him. And I I tell people all the time, like, y'all fail to realize this dude claimed that now he doesn't trust the management and whatever going on there. Dude, what happened in a matter of months? Because you signed a four-year extension. Yeah. So, you, you know the situation with Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And you should understand and know and realize why they don't want to give him a long-term max deal. Wouldn't be in their best interest. They don't trust him. You, on the other hand, KD, you've been hurt every year for the past, I think, I'm going to stretch it, like two, three years. So, at some point in the season, you've been hurt. Yeah. But you're under contract. So you demanding the trade eh, doesn't really say much because in all in all, the Nets don't have to trade you. Part of the reason why they're asking for what they're asking for in these trades. 
and I've gave you some of those trades. You can go back and check the page and, and see that I posted them. Ridiculous, ridiculous ideas and thought processes where they wanted uh, four or five draft picks. I saw one trade where they were allegedly trying to get six or seven first round draft picks and like or 10 first round draft picks and like six players. That's not going to happen. And I know deep down inside, I believe that they know it's not going to happen. Right. But again, it all boils down to they do not have to trade him Absolutely. because he is under contract. That's right. So people immediately said to me, well, what about if he does the Ben Simmons? He's he can do that. He's not doing that deal. But KD is more dedicated, has, a more, yeah, has more respect and love for the game for him yeah, to do that. So that I don't think that would be an issue for them. Um, let's see. Who's this? This is Nate, I think. Nate. Says the best availability. Uh, let me. Let me. Best availability is availability. Yeah, the best availability is availability. And we know what Kyrie is. Kyrie is a part-time player. Part-time lover. That song, part-time lover. By yeah, Baldy said we definitely have one more move. Yeah, I think something else is coming up down the pike. It just has to be the right move at the right time for us as far as the Sixers. Right. Yeah, but. We all know that this situation with Kyrie Irving doesn't mean it's going to change just because he opted into his contract. Just because the mandates have been lifted in New York doesn't mean anything. He was doing this before we hit a pandemic. So I, I, I understand where the Nets are when they're uncertain their uncertainty and their unwillingness to give him a max extension. Business-wise, it's not in their best interest, like I mentioned to you. It is definitely not in their best interest. He can say and feel how he wants when it's all said and done. That team owns his right. Absolutely, Baldy. Talking about KD. Like we said, you know, they don't have to trade him. They don't have to trade him. And, and I don't think KD's one, one of those types of players where he'll sit out and end up getting fined. Because if he does sit out, they're going to take that page out of the Sixers' book and they're going to find him because he's under contract. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think there's going to be a trade. But. They both going to be there that day? I don't know. I mean, they both will probably be there. Maybe won't nothing happen until the trade deadline during the season. So, with that, I saw an article. And I thought it was pretty interesting. And some of these trade scenarios for Kevin Durant that I seen um, were a little strange. And the most recent rumors are that Boston has the best chance of being the landing spot. But the Nets want Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, a first-round pick, and a significant role player. Not just another player. They want a significant role player. So before I get into these trades, let's talk about that for a second. I don't know how KD and Jason Tatum would work together. Because in essence, they play the same position. They do a lot of the same things. So... It would be tough. Uh, let's see. Baldy says, during the Ben Simmons would turn into the league's collective bargaining agreement. Um, and players will be severely reprimanded. Yeah. You know, um, that that's absolutely where that's headed. 
And they can all blame it up. They can lay it all blame on Ben Simmons for his antics and what he did to cause this. So, you know, um, I don't know how they would fit together, like I said, KD and Jason Tatum, because in essence, they play the same position. They do some of the same things. And then you lose Marcus Smart, your starting primary ball handler. Who do you replace him with? Is a big question. So, the one deal that I was in this list was the Nets in Boston. The Boston Celtics would get Kevin Durant. The Nets would get Jalen Brown, Derek White, and O. Williams. But the Nets have already offered, like I just mentioned, that they want Marcus Smart in any deal with Boston. Second deal from the Raptors, between the Raptors and the Nets. The Raptors, of course, would get KD. The Nets would get Gary Trent Jr., Thaddeus Young, Scotty Barnes, and Precious Achua. Right. I don't know. Um, and, and I'm probably going to say I don't know about a lot of these, and I may get one or two where I say no, it's definitely not going to happen. This, I don't know how this could work. Um, I don't know if Toronto will be that willing to give up Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent Jr. for just getting KD. Not too sure about that. And then they threw in, I guess, to make the money match or whatever, Thaddeus Young and Precious Achua. Thaddeus Young is pretty much on the downside in his career, so I don't know how that would work. Right. Um, so, no, I don't think that this deal would work. The second deal with the Raptors, um, yeah, that is a lot for Toronto to give up. Who just added that comment? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is a lot for Toronto to give up. You're absolutely right. The second deal with Toronto Raptors, the Raptors would get KD again. The Nets would get Gary Trent Jr., Thaddeus Young again, and OG Ananobi. Don't see where it helps the Nets any in that. Um, the Heat, who have recently backed out, would get KD and the Nets would get Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, and Tyler Hero. Um, actually, I don't think this deal would work because I don't think that Miami can trade Kyle Lowry because they just did a sign and trade for him, so I don't think they can trade him um, this soon. Yeah, he KD is definitely winding down in his career, Nate. Uh, Nate yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, the, um, the Suns, where he initially stated he wanted to go, would get KD. Then the Nets would uh, get... Miles, Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, and Cam Johnson. Again, that situation, don't know how it would play out with KD and Devin Booker. Again, two players that do a lot of things, a lot of the same things. Yeah, a lot of the same things. Uh, the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies would get KD. The Nets would end up with Steven Adams, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, and Green. Um, I forget his first name, but they would get him. Now that, I don't know. Um, again, you have the questions as far as the Grizzlies, their willingness or unwillingness to give up Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain. That would be the question marks there. The Pelicans would get KD. The Nets would get Brandon Ingram and Devontae Grant. Right. I don't know about that one either. Uh, with the uncertainty of 
uh, Zion Williamson. Yeah. Um, you can't speak up. And Brandon Ingram being right now the cornerstone might not want to move that for an aging KD. The Bulls would get KD. The Nets would get Nick Vucevic, Lonzo Ball, uh, Williams, and Ayo Dasumu. Don't think that would work. Um, again, he would be going to play with Zach Levine. And they gave up their starting point guard, and they're also talking about trading um, Kobe White. So who would be the point guard Kobe for White. Chicago? I know, that would be messed up. Um, the Knicks and the Nets. The Knicks would get KD. The Nets would get Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, and uh, Emmanuel Quickly. The Knicks, even though the state of the Knicks is what, what we know it is, I don't think they'll do that That's because of the, the latter part. R.J. Barrett will be topping in Emmanuel Quickly. I don't think they'll be willing to get rid of all three of them in one deal. The Hawks. Um, the Hawks would get KD. The Nets would get John Collins, Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, DeAndre Hunter, and O.C. Okungwo. Uh, they've got DeJounte Murray in a trade. They got Trey Young. I don't know how KD would fit with that particular unit. Then the final one it would be the Lakers and the Nets. The Lakers would get KD and Kyrie Irving. The Nets would get mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, uh, Talon Horton Tucker, and Aaron Reeves. No. Ugh. No. Um, because you, you bring Russell Westbrook in to play without Kyrie Irving, but who else is left there when you move KD and Kyrie Irving? They're still uncertain about Joe Harris coming back. They lost um, Brown. But then when you look at the rest of that Nets roster, who? Uh, Joe Harris is uncertain because of his injury, so they don't know mm-hmm. what's going on with that, and they don't know how it will play out. Right. So it's going to be tough. And, again, I, I honestly – Excuse me. Do not think KD will be moved. They both gonna stay. Um, like I said, Kyrie already opted in, yeah, so he wouldn't be able to be moved unless it was a trade. Probably wouldn't happen until the trade deadline. Again, I don't know if KD is going to be moved. And again, I keep reiterating, they do not have to trade him. They do not. They both stay. So we'll definitely see what happens. Um, and we'll keep our ears to that and keep anything I get, I'll let you know. So the last thing I wanted to bring to you. And I wanted to talk about this kind of quick. So, Baldy, I hope you're still listening. And some other people, I hope you're still listening. We talked last week, and I mentioned how I have been shying away from these comparisons of players and players and errors and all of this stuff. But I saw this one, and I thought it was rather interesting. Um, When people talk about these comparisons, they tend to talk about numbers and yada yada and stats and all that right. so the year 2003 the year that these three players that will be forever connected because of this draft came into the draft Carmelo Anthony LeBron James and Dwayne Wade so we take Dwayne Wade out because he has already retired so we take him out of this mix right now so we look at LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony we know who won the we know who won the rookie of the year that particular year. We all know that. Right. Okay. So these are the stats of these two particular players. 
Um, and you can very once you hear these stats, you can very, very much so make an argument that this could have been a co-rookie of the year opportunity. So LeBron averaged 20.9 points, 5.5 rebounds, 5.9 assists, shot 42% uh, from the floor. The overall team record for Cleveland that year was 35 and 47. Mm-hmm. On the other side, Carmelo Anthony, a flat 21 points a game. So he was one-tenth of a point more. 6.1 rebounds, mm-hmm. less than the, on the assists, 2.8 assists, mm-hmm. 43% field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. The team record overall, 43 and 39. So who was the rookie of the year that year? LeBron James won rookie of the year that year. So, again, Mello was better, right? You could very, Mello was better, his team was better. Yeah. So you could very easily argue that there could have been a co-rookie of the year opportunity. Or you could argue that LeBron might have gotten edged. But there was all the hype from LeBron coming out of (laughs) high school. Mello went the one year in college, but he won a national championship in college. Uh, so again, you can very much argue how this could have played out. Like I said, it could have very easily have been a co-rookie of the year opportunity, if not. Um, I think it had when the year Jason Kidd won. I think there was a co-rookie or there was a co-MVP maybe that year, but I don't think there was a co-rookie of the year. It might have been. I have to do some research and, and, and check that out and bring it back. But. With those stats, like I said, they weren't far off as far as points, mm-hmm. but the overall team was better on the standpoint yeah, with um, yeah. Carmelo Anthony, 43 wins. 43, yeah. So basically you can look at that and you can say that Carmelo's team made the playoffs. LeBron's team didn't. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it is what it is with that. Yeah, I, I put the laughing in there because, like I said, Melo had a better team record. Melo had slightly better stats in some areas. Right. But, again, that's why they made the argument. They say that it could have been very much so an co-rookie of the year opportunity. Right. Could have had, could have, could have, should have, would have. You can easily argue that. And anyway, and with that being said, folks, we wrap up another installment of the Sports Rap Podcast. Thanks to everybody that tuned in today, especially our partner who was here, who's always here with us in spirit when he's not in the building. We got to get you back in the building soon, sir. And again, remember, September the 4th, fish fry, fish or chicken fry, LB's Lounge, 5th and Tabor Road, which is actually right across the street. From the library, Baldy, our partner, just chimed in, and he says, Melo should have won it. The West was tough. 42 wins was hard to get. Absolutely, I agree with you there, partner. So, you know where to find me, at SportsRap underscore D on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook group page, SportsRap Podcast. You can also get to the webpage, SportsRapRadio.com. You can check us out. This Thursday at the Drake Tavern, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, will we be covering? We'll be there prior to the beginning of the Hall of Fame game yeah. this Thursday. You can also get the audio on iHeart, Google, Apple Podcasts, and most of where you get your podcast and you can get this video later on this week on youtube and check that youtube channel sports rap tv make sure you get over there like the videos that you like make sure you subscribe to the channel and make sure you hit that bell and you will know when new content is uploaded again you can tune in and get your ticket and try to win tickets or you can make your way down to the dell or the city winery and stand in the line and get your tickets at the box office Coming up, the essence of music at the Dell, August 11th, Charlie Wilson and Philly's own Carol Riddick. Also, August the 12th, City Winery, Selena Johnson. You can get your tickets again at the box office or you can tune in. We might have something for you to win, but you got to tune in. This Thursday, again, we are back at the Drake Tavern Mm -hmm. doing our on-location set there. Mm -hmm. And finally, again, September the 4th. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> September the 4th. Right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We will see you all Thursday, and yeah. we'll see you next week right back here in studio. Yes, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We oh, definitely appreciate y'all.